Hello and welcome in to BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Rivera, BTN.com, and this is another Hoops edition of the Take 10 Podcast, a basketball-focused episode. I've had a couple of these in a row now, just with some postseason tournaments going on with the NBA draft. Actually, if you're listening to it on its release date, today, June 21st, the NBA draft's happening and all the festivities around that. I'm talking to a lot of basketball-related guests on the Take 10 Podcast, including players who are about to enter their first season of professional ball and a couple guys who have been in the pro game for a while as well. And this episode actually features one of each. We've got Jayshon Tate, the forward from Ohio State, who just wrapped up a stellar career with the Buckeyes. He is the first guest on, on this episode. And then we have Stu Douglas, the former Michigan Wolverine sharpshooter, who uh, wrapped up his career six years ago with Michigan. And uh, he was a mainstay on those very successful teams that made three tournaments, won a Big Ten title, and uh, he was a recognizable member of that squad. So Jay Sean Tate and Stu Douglas are on this show, and that's not the only thing they have in common. They also are going to be sharing a, uh, a team in the upcoming basketball tournament on ESPN, nicknamed the, the TBT. I think it's the fifth annual TBT on ESPN. It's the summer tournament where uh, squads get together, former college players, a lot of them currently current professional players, and they compete for a uh, million dollar, in this case, I believe, two million dollar grand prize. So there's a Big Ten squad that's been put together by, uh, from the sounds of it, Andrew Dockich, as, as the, the guys will tell us coming up here. Andrew Dockich, the former Michigan and Ohio State player, uh, has put together a mostly Big Ten comprised squad of uh, former players. So that'll be fun to watch. And um, we got a couple of uh, rivals on, on this episode, as you could tell from earlier, one Buckeye and one Wolverine. So it'll be interesting because there are a handful of former Wolverines and Buckeyes on the, the TBT squad, Big Ten squad. So it'll be fun to watch all those guys get out there and compete, and uh, hopefully they do well. So had uh, Mr. Tate and Mr. Douglas on, talk about their upcoming roles in the, the basketball tournament, and also talk about how their careers have gone. Jay Sean at Ohio State, Stu at Michigan and overseas, and uh, ask them some lighthearted, fun questions as well along the way. So we'll get to those in just a moment. First, a couple of reminders here on the Take 10 podcast. As we always do, we remind you to please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast if you like it. If you're listening on SoundCloud right now, get on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, or even YouTube where we are now. We have all the episodes uploading to YouTube. You can subscribe on any of those outlets or platforms and uh, get the Take 10 podcast automatically put on your phone or device every week. So do that and leave a rating review if you like the show. Uh, another reminder, we have, as always, a promo code active on the btn.com online store where you can take 10% off any order on the btn.com online store with the coupon code TAKE10 at checkout. That's capital T-A-K-E, the number one and the zero. So take 10% off your order with that coupon code. And with those reminders out of the way, We'll now get to our pair of interviews with a couple of former Big Ten basketball players. First up, it's the former Buckeye, Jay Sean Tate. Just wrapped up his four-year career at Ohio State. Got a lot of good things to say. Had a lot of fun talking to him. And that interview starts right now. I'm very pleased to be joined by a former All-Big Ten player at Ohio State. He recently wrapped up a fantastic four-year career for the Buckeyes and is continuing his basketball career at the next level. It's Jayshon Tate, and you can follow him on Twitter at O underscore Tate underscore. Jayshon, what's up, man? How are you? How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, you're, you're continuing your career at the next level here. First up, that means uh, the basketball tournament, which is coming up, the annual tournament on ESPN. They got that $2 million prize starts here on June 29th. So, Jay Sean, a simple question to start us off here. You ready to give people buckets? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, being out there, being able to be out there with uh, some of my teammates from this past year and also some great, great players who uh, also had great careers um, in, the, in the Big Ten and, you know, out of their conferences. It's, it's going gla- to be a blast. And, you know, hopefully we get to see our, uh, our old head squad uh, down the road in the tournament. So that will be good. Yeah, like you said, the old head squad, it's actually a team comprised of former Big Ten players, uh, including former Ohio State teammates Andrew Dockich, Cam Williams, some other names, Vito Brown, John Horford, Nana Egwu, Duncan Robinson, and Stu Douglas, among others. So how did this team get put together, man? How were you uh, recruited to be on it, and, and how did the teammates from the Big Ten kind of all put this thing together? Um, definitely I'll have to give all the you know um, kudos to Andrew Dockich for you know constructing it. Um, getting everybody on board, everybody on track. He's been he's he's been blowing our phones up for you know the past couple months trying to do this, um, and you know it's just it's, he's made it as smooth as it, as it could be. Um, you know he's working out in Indy with my guy Joey Burton as well, getting ready. Uh, that's where we're training, and um, we're we're going to get together here soon uh, and have our first couple practices. All right, so. Andrew Dockich, that's your guy now. Do you ever think you'd be so close with a Michigan Wolverine? Uh, definitely not. You know, first day on campus when he got there, I'm like, you know, who is this guy? Um, you know, like he he's coming from the team up north. Like, how's this going to work? But um, everybody knows that once you get to know Doc, I mean, he's a great guy. He's still annoying. He's going to annoy you no matter what. But um, you know, he's just one of those guys. Uh, with a great personality that you love to be around, man, and he's going to fight for you. I saw on Twitter that it looked like you were uh, staying overnight at the Dockage's house uh, for a little while. How, how'd that come about, and how do you deal with Dan Dockage? Um, It was great. Uh, they got a beautiful house right on the lake. Um, you know, they were so welcoming, and, you know, we had a blast there. I actually uh, went on his radio show a couple couple of days ago, and, you know, uh, he, he he's always... Um, in my career, spoke highly of me, and I've always been a fan of him and his family. So, you know, just being able to go over there and, uh, you know, hang out with them, it, it was it was a blessing. Uh, also, I just saw Incredible 2 last night. You guys got to really, like, you can you can agree or disagree, but doesn't he sound like Mr. Incredible, the guy who was, who was playing Mr. Incredible? Sounds exactly like Dan Dockey. So I haven't seen Incredible since I saw it when I was little, but I did see the preview. I'm going to have to go back and watch the, the preview again or, or see the movie because I can kind of see what you're talking about, but I, I, I haven't yes. – I've only seen the preview, so but I believe you. I'm going to take your word for it because uh, it's kind of like that raspy voice where, you know, it's kind of – sounds yeah. like he, he's, yeah, he's hoarse like, all the time. <laughs> I'm like, does Van Dockage do voiceovers too? So, I mean, maybe, he's got to get that check. I mean, you never know. I mean, maybe he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you know you got the the Big Ten uh, team participating in the in the basketball tournament coming up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got uh, money on the line in, in that tournament. It's got to be a little extra motivation, you know. You can get a, get a check before uh, the checks start hitting for for whatever career you have next. So, I'm sure the the two million dollars is gonna push you guys that much further, right? Uh, I mean, definitely. Uh, 
I mean, if, if you're not motivated by winning two million dollars, uh, you know, you're one out of college or however many years out of college, um, to split that, you know, eight or nine ways, like that's a lot of money for a guy who just, you know, finished up his career um, at, a, at, at a university. So I think that's all the motivation our, our team needs, uh, just being a, a, as young as we are as a team. All right, so Big Ten fans definitely check out the uh, Big Ten squad coming up in the basketball tournament. Uh, speaking of a postseason tournament that you played in after your Ohio State days, you were down in San Antonio. We caught up with you down there when you were in the uh, three-on-three basketball tournament and, and the Big Ten squad of yourself, Vincent Edwards, Robert Johnson, Nate Mason, uh, took home the title in that tournament. So what was that experience like, just be able to, to link up with those guys, uh, former opponents, and bring that team together and, and win it all down at the uh, the Final Four in San Antonio? Um, you know, it was – it was it was a great experience, man. I, I think they're doing a, a great job of, you know, giving that tournament. It's just a way for, you know, um, us to compete with, you know, some of the top top seniors um, around the conference against, you know, all the top seniors in, in the other conferences. And, you know, uh, I, we, we joke around all the time. I'm still in, in real good contact with all three of my teammates, but uh, we're going to tell our kids we were national champs. You know, we get to tell our kids we were national champs our senior year. Uh, we didn't get to, you know, win the big dance, but it's something, you know. So um, it, it, it definitely was a great experience, and it gave me a little, you know, a little pocket change, a little uh, cover change uh, until, you know, I'm actually on a team. So um, I would do it all over again, and I would advise you know, seniors and years to come to, to really participate in that. Yeah, it was fun, and I just enjoyed, like, you know, they were bumping music after each game or during the games, and, yeah. you know, they had announcers kind of DJing the whole thing. It was a good time, and I think your game in particular really was uh, was critical for you guys to win that tournament because you guys kind of had, you know, you had the shooter and Robert Johnson, you had the versatility yeah. with the other two, and then you kind of had that old-school bully ball game where, you know, you were going to grab rebounds, you were going to throw your weight around in the paint a little bit. I think – I don't know if you agree, but I think your game translates really well to that, like, three-on-three format. Yeah, definitely. And it, it, I think that's also just um, actually helped me in these um, few workouts I've had, too, because they're also three-on-three. Um, and like you said, I'm able to, you know, show what I can do down there, but also be versatile um, on the perimeter as well. For sure. And uh, we were down there – I was down there because Michigan was in the national championship in the Final Four, and uh, I talked to you, I think, the Sunday before Michigan was going to play Villanova in the national championship, and all three of your teammates said they were cheering for Michigan. You couldn't bring yourself to do it. Is is it really that serious? The rivalry is really that bad, huh? Uh, I mean, it's definitely the rivalry. is It's a real thing, but, you know, I, I definitely have friends, close friends, uh, that play, play for the team, and, you know, I always – want them to, you know, do good, you know, you never want to see your friends not succeed, but for me to cheer just for the university as a whole, uh, I just can't, I can't do it, I can't bring myself to do that, a, <laughs> I can cheer for individuals though. That's a very diplomatic answer right there. Alright, so, since you last played uh, your final game for Ohio State, you guys uh, went up against Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament, fell short there, what have you been up to since... Um, Pretty much leaving campus, what are your workouts been like getting ready for that next level? Um, they've been great. Um, I've been training down uh, in Zion, Zionsville, Indiana, on a farm <laughs> in a in a in a, a fieldhouse we call the trenches. 
in the middle of nowhere with uh, my trainer, Joey Burton. Um, some guys you might know from the Big Ten who's also in my group, Dakota Mathias, uh, Robert Johnson, uh, Keelan Martin from Butler, uh, Big Cat from Butler, and uh, uh, Aaron Harris, who used to play at Michigan State, Zach Irving. A lot of just a lot of Big Ten guys, a lot of Indiana local guys who uh, who uh, grew up around the area. We all come together, um, and you know we work out once or twice a day. Uh, very competitive. Uh, we also got our weight rooms right there, located right there. Um, so it's been good. I've slimmed down, been developing. You know, I've been working on my jump shot, and also just working on. And it's crazy because I just had uh, Dakota Mathias and Brian McIntosh on last week, and they both, as you said, mm-hmm. are Joey Burton guys. So what is it about this this Joey fellow that, you know, appeals to all you Big Ten players? I guess it seems like word has kind of got out about him, and now everyone's down there in that barn. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely got to give a shout-out to some of the guys, Brian McIntosh and T.J. Thompson, Queen uh, Snyder. Can't forget about them. My Trent's brothers, they're also in the but. I mean, Joey's just one of those guys who's going to, you know, push you to be be the best you can be, and he, he's just a student of the game. Like, there's not one time I don't see him studying. Like, it's not all about what he's teaching us, but he's also learning on, on, on the way, and he's trying to, you know, find new things and incorporate incorporate them into our games. Um, and he's just a good guy, man. He, that, that dude will drive three, three and a half hours to come pick you up to make sure you get get get, get your work in. And, you know, you don't find a lot of people like that. You don't find a lot of trainers who are in it, you know, just to make guys better and, and see guys reach their dreams instead of just being about the money, you know? For sure. All right, so we're obviously excited to see uh, how your pro career pans out. We'll be following along, but I definitely wanted to take it back now to your Ohio State career. You had a very decorated four years with the Buckeyes, four-year starter. And when that all kind of came close to its end during your senior night ceremony, you definitely got emotional um, giving your speech. On Twitter, you know, you joked around. You said you just had something in your eye. But, you know, we all saw it. Those tears were flowing, man. So did, did you think beforehand that you'd get up there and, uh, you know, start crying and all that emotion would come out when you had to address the crowd? No, uh, I'm still sticking to my uh, something in my eye story. Uh, but no, definitely, it was a um, emotional night. I mean, it felt like I've been there forever. You know, people always joke about it. This, this, this felt like my eighth year here. So, um, just to you know, be able to wrap it up and you know, be blessed to uh, uh, to go out the way we did with the team we had um, through all the ups and downs throughout the career. I couldn't ask for a better senior year, man, and uh, a better. A better one, a better team, a better coaching staff, a better, you know, uh, Gene Smith athletic director, a better university to share with me. You know, it, it was it was definitely one of those moments that are going to be a highlight of my my career and my life. So, yeah, for sure. And you know, obviously, it was kind of unexpected that that senior year would play out that way, just with the way. Your former head coach Thad Mata was uh, let go with kind of the weird timing just before your senior year. What was your, I guess, mindset um, once that happened? And were you skeptical a little bit that, that things would work out when they brought in a coach and uh, Chris Holtman that was kind of late to the game like that? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You're, you're going to have, you know, 
uh, negative thoughts about what's going on. I, I, I came to the university to be coached by uh, Thad Mata and, and, and the staff that was there at the time. Um, and, you know, to see them go and not know, you know, what, what was the next move or who was bringing in, it was definitely a scary part, you know, of, of, of everybody who was there in life. Um, but, you know, um, we, we just got blessed with with, with with a great coach and Coach Holman and a staff that really cares. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for, you know, a better staff that, that you know, took took on the job of Coach Mata and his. I mean, I honestly can say, I, I, I honestly can say that I played for two of the greatest coaches in, in, in basketball, you know, in college basketball. Not a lot of people can say that, and I, and I truly believe it. Um, with Coach Mata and uh, what Coach Mata and Coach Holt did for me, I mean, they made me not only a better leader in my four years here, but they also made me, you know, just a better man. So when Coach Mata was let go, there were stories out there that said you, you considered playing football for Ohio State instead uh, for your senior year. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Um, we talked about it. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Greg Paulus was on the staff who uh, also had a, you know, decorated career yeah. uh, as you know, a Duke point guard and then went on to play football at Syracuse or quarterback. Um, so I just asked him about, you know, what, what, what should I do? You know, is this the way this is going? Would I have a better career at football? And it just really came down to, you know, this is, this is, at that time, he just told me, this is your legacy, you know. You're the captain of this shit. You can't abandon this shit now. You know, you put in all those hours of work and dedication. You got to see your senior year out. And, you know, I, I, I never forget that day because, you know, we stuck with it, and you know I'm 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 living out my dreams right now. You know, I'm, I'm being able to work out for teams, uh, just being in the gym like this. This this is what I, I work for, and you know I'm not done yet, but it's it's a it's it's a work in progress, and I'm glad I, I I'm glad I stuck to it. That kind of leads me into a fan question that we got. I asked fans to submit questions for you on Twitter earlier today, and one fan reached out. Uh, handle Gotti five four four. They asked, "Would you consider trying to play tight end like in the NFL? Would you go for that dream if uh, you know one day basketball uh, is done for you? Would you would you think about a football career down the road?" Um, I'm not gonna say no. Uh, I definitely right now my whole mindset is to put everything I have into into being a basketball player. But you know who is who is it? Who knows? You know down the road, you know this whole basketball thing doesn't work out, and the team is still willing to give me a shot. You know I've never backed down from a fight or a challenge, so of course I'll go out there and uh, show what I got. Do you think you could do it? Like, do you have a, a football background? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think I I would be able to do it. You know, I uh, I would still be raw, uh, but I think me being an athlete and being able to have that football background uh, coming out of high school, uh, not saying that I'm going to be uh, ready from the jump, but if if I gave it a few years, a couple of years, I think that I could be uh, useful to, to some teams. All right, so back to basketball now. Um, you know, safe to say, since you thought about uh, giving up basketball essentially for, for football, safe to say you weren't thrilled with that change at first. You kind of alluded to it there. When did, uh, when did Coach Holtman – 
kind of earned that respect from you guys? When, when did that switch flip and, and you were like, all right, I'm all in uh, under this head coach? Um, I would just say, wow, that's a different one. I haven't been asked that one. Because I don't think there was uh, one specific moment. There was just like bits and pieces over the season, like, wow, this guy really cares. Where, where it was from, like, us going over his house every weekend just to get to know each other, the staff, you know, just to get that connectedness for the season. But I'll never forget, it was against Indiana when we went into double OT, and we're in the huddle, dog tired, everybody's tired. You know, it was the last game of the Big Ten. Uh, you know, people's bodies are worn out. It's double overtime. The refs are letting us play. Everybody's getting Maud out there and Coach Holton is in the huddle I don't even think he drew a play I don't even remember all I can remember is I'm saying I rather I wouldn't want to be anywhere except right here with y'all right now and like the whole huddle went crazy and that was like one of the highlights of the year is just like how connected he was to us as players and how much he really loves us and wanted to be there with us. I think that that was that was like one of the the highlights of when I knew that this this man he he really cared about me and, and this team. So All right, well said. Um so just overall, I mean, I have to imagine after you know, you made the joke that everyone said you you were there forever, you know, you were kind of in the thick of it. You had uh, good years as a team and then obviously a step back your your junior year, but I have to imagine it was just a really rewarding senior season for you. You know, you were a leader on that squad that bounced back, made the NCAA tournament, just really solid overall, top 25 all year. I got to imagine that was just personally for you very rewarding. Yeah, man. Um, especially coming from, you know, like you said, our junior year, uh, which, you know, I'll say to this day, had more talent than we did this year uh, across the board. Uh, we were just a more talented team. And, you know, a lot of people didn't uh, think we were going to even be able to win 12 games. They thought people were saying we were going to be last in the pit. Uh, and for us to just, you know, not prove them wrong, but prove ourselves right. You know, that I think that was one of the, you know, highlights of, of what made the senior year so fun. And I hate to bring it up, but last year, I don't know what was going on, but Penn State got you guys three times. Is that is that Penn State squad with Tony Carr and those boys going to give you nightmares for the for the rest of your life now? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, you just got to give credit where credit's due. Penn State had our number. Uh, they beat us home. They beat us away. They beat us alternate without their big man. Uh, they, I don't know. I, 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 it just felt like if you really look at the stats, like. But, the way they shot, the percentages they shot against us, they didn't shoot against any other team. It just, it just seemed like they were locked in every time they saw us, and they got it done. So, you know, I got to give credit to them. Um, they, you know, they had a great team, great defensive team, and um, that's all I got to leave it there. <laughs> I'm a little bitter about it because we'd probably be big chin champs. Uh, if it was for Penn State, but you know that's just how the dice rolls. Yeah, sorry to bring that up, but um, it's not like they're bad. You know, it's not like they just worked you guys. They, they were all like thrilling games. And yeah, you, you can always yeah. say you can always say you know you got them in football too. I know it doesn't mean as much to you, but the fans can always <laughs> hold the football around them. Um, 
All right, so a little bit more on Ohio State before we wrap up. I just want to know if you have any favorite memories or stories from uh, your time with your teammates or, or coaches, whether that be Holtman or Mata. Usually when I ask players, they always have one or two stories that comes to mind from their playing days. So is there anything that, that jumps out at you that – I'm sure there's many, but is there any that, that really stick out and are, and are really vivid in your memory? Uh, a lot, man. We, got, we have some cons Got all day, man. I'm trying to think. Like you caught me off guard a little bit. Yeah, hey, I put you. I put you on the spot. If I you probably, want, I probably held the record for the most teammates in four years um, ever. Because I had a different team literally every year. So I'm trying to think back on you know some time. <laughs> um. If you want, I can come back to you. If you, you know, if one pops up in your head, I, we can always revisit it. Yeah, yeah, let's revisit. All okay. right, we'll revisit it at the end here. All right, I'm gonna get to another fan question. Um, we had, we had another one come in from a uh, the handle Joey's Uncle Al, and this kind of gets back to your your preparation for the next level. Uh, he asked, mm-hmm. "How do you feel about Sports Illustrated listing you originally? I think it was in the '90s, number 93." He said for the their you know their big board for the NBA draft, and that might even be an old ranking because I checked today. And then you weren't in the top 100 because I think guys came back and uh, you might have got bumped out. So how do you feel about, you know, them sleeping on you a little bit? Um, You know, honestly, you know, just you really can't pay attention to, you know, the the, the social media and, you know, the big boys or whatever. I know what I do, you know, in the workouts. You know, I was blessed enough to work out for, you know, four four NBA teams. And I, I felt like those workouts went really well, and they know what I can bring to the table. Um, I've gotten great feedback from them, um, so I don't really worry about you know what 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 people are saying. I just you know I gotta just take advantage of the opportunities I'm given and, and show what I have. And if they like it, then they like it. If they don't, you know that's that's the business. Which teams you worked out for, and, and uh, what's some of the feedback that you got from them? Um, I worked out for Milwaukee, Utah, Pacers, and Bulls. So Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Utah, yep. Four. Those four. And what they say about uh, you know what they like and what you might need to improve on? Um, they just love. I mean, they just love what everybody loved about me at Ohio State. My toughness. My my being able to defend, my energy, my, you know, just how much effort I, I give on the court, you know, um, things to improve on, like everybody would also know, is just keep improving on my jump shot. That's, that's, that's been, that's been the, the separator. And I've come a far way uh, from what, from just working with Joey Burton this summer. I'm not there yet, but it's improved a lot. Um, but, other than that, I feel like the, all, all the teams had nothing but good things to say about me, what I've heard, you know, what my agents heard, and, you know, we're just going to have to, you know, see what happens in the future. All right, so one skill you definitely don't need to improve on is uh, your drawing skills, your sketching skills. For a little little background for those who didn't see it, back at Media Day uh, this past year in New York City, I had some players, you know, try and sketch the Statue of Liberty, and, and I'm lucky that I went up to you because you – kind of rattled off just a professional portrait 
mode sketch oh. within about 15 minutes. When you handed it back to me, I was shocked. So where'd those skills come from, man? You, you caught me off guard. I didn't know you were an artist, too. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of hidden talents. Uh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just uh, Art's always been, like, my, my hobby since I was younger. Um, I actually grew before I started playing sports, so... Um, that's just one thing that, I mean, I'm rusty now because I haven't done it a lot. I can do a little song that you can see, but, um, that was definitely something that, you know, in my childhood, I, I took, I took a advantage of, I took art class, you know, multiple art classes, won some awards, I, I even won some awards in high school for it. So, but uh, it's one of those little, my, one of my hidden talents, I guess you could call it. <laughs> yeah, I got that portrait it's actually you even threw me a curveball you i asked uh everyone to draw the statue of liberty you drew lisa simpson as a statue of liberty so even better and yeah, now I, I got that hanging on my desk now i got the original so one day when that goes in the museum and you know i can maybe uh yeah, i can probably make a buck off that so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send yeah, you a yeah, check though don't keep worry one that one. I'll, I'll send you a check <laughs> keep one <of> that one. <laughs> all right uh how about any other uh any interests you know besides art what other things do you do in your free time uh i know i'm sure you're very busy working out with basketball and all that, but yeah. you got any? You got any TV shows? You a video game guy? What do you got going on in that spare time? Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a big movie guy. Um, me and my girlfriend, we go to the movies probably like two, three times a week. It seems like whatever something new new comes out, we go. Um, other than that, uh, I had to I had to get off of Fortnite. It was controlling my life, so. I uh, haven't been, uh, haven't really been playing video games as much, trying to stay away. Um, I actually started getting into audio books, uh, just being on the road a lot. So, um, I guess audio books and movies are my other hobbies. Yeah, I was going to say Fortnite, you know, if you're not careful, I don't play it myself, but I've seen what it can do to my friends. It's taken them, taken mm-hmm. them away from me <laughs> these last like few it, months. Yeah, so, it, I don't blame you for, it, for quitting it, that. Well, you showed impressive restraint by uh, by holding it off and quitting cold turkey. Uh, any other movies you've seen? I, I know you said The Incredibles. Any other good ones you've you seen recently that, that I need to check out? Um, I can't even remember the name of the movie. It was about that, that couple who got lost. They were sailing. They got lost at sea. You ever seen the previews of that one? Uh, I can't think of it right now, no. Um, I went to see Avengers. Um, hasn't been a lot of releases, but um, you know, I I, I try to go at least once a week for sure. I'm not good with titles though. I will <laughs> give you that. I'm terrible with titles. You see so many that you just lose track. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, Jay Sean, uh, I've been very generous with your time. Before I let you go, I can't let you off the hook. You got to give me. A story, if you got one at the top of your head, um, from your, your playing days at Ohio State. Last question. I know you got something in you. Um, um, uh, I just, I mean, okay, I got one for this year, I guess. So, um, we got a guy on our on our uh, coaching staff named Mike Netty. Um. So after every game we win, we sing uh, kind of some sort of the alma mater. I honor the fan. We'll fight to the end for Ohio. But, like, 
you gotta sing it like on rhythm. So we usually have Scooty Penn do it. You know, he got some rhythm. You know, he got some soul. And one day Scooty wasn't there, so you know we had our, our other assistant coach did it. And you know this this story is probably terrible, but I like you had to be there. He was just clapping and he was all off beat, and it, it, it like it was the funniest thing ever because he really couldn't clap on beat. So <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, hey, don't that, don't that, don't don't sell the story short, man. It, you know those team moments, hey, especially when when everyone kind of just clowns on a guy. That's what makes it fun. I, I I got some team moments, but I don't know if the podcast will be ready for it. I don't think uh, everybody wants to know, or it'd be it'd be appropriate for me to tell you some of the stories. So yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just keep it PG for you. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure there are plenty of PG thirteen and above that that you could share, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, we won't get anyone in trouble here, so so we'll let you go. Jay Sean, I really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, always fun talking to you. Best of luck going forward, and uh, hopefully we can catch up down the road, all right? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, you know, giving me a call. All right, thanks again to Jay Sean for joining me. Had nothing but uh, really great interactions with him throughout his career. Really rooting for him to, to do big things in the next level, and I uh, hope he contributes and, and does as well on the Big Ten squad in the basketball tournament as he did in the three-on-three tournament a couple months ago down in San Antonio because uh, he put on a hell of a show down there and that team uh, secured the bag and won the championship. So best of luck to Jay Sean. And next up we'll get to our second guest. It's Stu Douglas, the former Michigan Wolverine who played four years under John Beeline, made three NCAA tournaments and won a Big Ten title with the Wolverines. He has good stories about his time at Michigan, his time playing overseas basketball, which he still does, and his role in the upcoming basketball tournament squad, the Big Ten squad, as I'm talking about, that uh, will take the floor here soon and can be seen on ESPN. So we'll get to that interview with Stu Douglas. It'll start right now. I'm very pleased to be joined by a former basketball player for the Michigan Wolverines. You can catch him in the upcoming edition of the basketball tournament on ESPN. It's Stu Douglas, and you can follow him on Twitter at SWD underscore 317. Stu, what's up, man? Not much. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Like I said, you're going to be in the upcoming basketball tournament on ESPN. Uh, Obviously, Big Ten Michigan fans remember you from your career with the Wolverines. Soon see you again hooping in the TBT with a squad of mostly Big Ten players coming up here at the end of June. So how'd you get involved with this team that features uh, a number of your former teammates or former fellow Michigan Wolverines and then mm-hmm. fellow Big Ten counterparts as well? Yeah, just uh, one day on Twitter, Andrew Dockett hit me up, asked me if I wanted to play, and I've been interested in the tournament for since the beginning. Um, I could just never put together a team, so when he asked me, Checked my calendar, and those weekends were open, and it was pretty much a no-brainer. So it sounds like Doc is just kind of the, the ringleader here, because that's what uh, Jay Sean Tate said as well. He said he recruited him. So is he the one putting everything together? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, other connections with Ohio State um, and the other Michigan guys. I mean, Horford is the only one that I played with. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I know of Dockage and I think I've met him a couple times. But, yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm not real familiar or, or – close with any other guys so he's been the ringleader for all of us have you guys got together at all to, to practice to run run some uh some pickup or anything like that or is it going to be kind of new once you guys get out there uh in a couple in a week or so here 
Yeah, they want they talk about doing something the week before. I will see who can show up, but you know, no matter what, um, you know, it's just going to be kind of free for all, and we're going to either mesh or we're not. I'm not sure how much it's going to help, but they've been talking about doing that. So we'll have to see, check some schedules. But uh, you know, every time I come home in the summer, my schedule is a little busy, so we'll see if it works out. All right, so this is a unique team in this tournament because there's never really been a large collection of former Big Ten players on a single team. And it's also cool because, as we said, a few Michigan guys, a few Ohio State guys on the team. So yeah. how much of that uh, rivalry's intensity do you still harbor inside you after all these years after you graduated? You know, not, not much. Uh, and I've talked about this before with a lot of people. And even in the school, you know, you're, you're, I'm growing up in Indiana, so I'm not, I wasn't really too familiar or, or inside that, that rivalry. So when I got to school, you know, they tell you you got to hate Ohio State and hate Michigan State. And, you know, we're competitive, but uh, that whole rivalry kind of dies, I guess, <laughs> for me at least, uh, once I was done. I know a lot of guys, they like to hang on to that, but I've never been too big into that. So when they said, you know, you could play with some Ohio State guys, I thought that would be fun, um, and especially fun for fans who are going to have mixed feelings about it, which I always find hilarious. Yeah, it'll definitely be fun to watch, and... It's funny because uh, your guy, your guy Zach Novak, was in here at the studio. I think in the last year or so, and we were rewatching the game against Michigan State, where you hit the big shot. And I think he still harbors uh, more of those feelings probably than you do, from what I was able to, oh, yeah. to glean from him. Zach's an intense guy. I mean, there's this famous clip at Michigan State, um, our junior year, where he's screaming and just leaving it all out there emotionally, and he's kind of like that. I'm not, I'm not quite like that, but um, like I said, there's a lot of guys. That keep that, and um, especially with the fandom after school. But I'm not—I'm not even a big college basketball, that big of a college basketball fan. My, my uh, fandom is sticks with the NBA. Really. All right, interesting. So, you know, obviously you've been staying in game shape. You've been playing professionally overseas here. So, for those who don't know, can you kind of fill everyone in where your basketball career has taken you since you left Michigan? Yeah, my first year I went over to Spain, um, and then the last five years I've been in Israel. I got. I have dual citizenship in Israel, and I've been there ever since. Um, and it's just been a great experience living and playing there, and that's probably where I will be for the foreseeable future. So with the whole uh, dual citizenship process, was that a, a long process, or what made you decide to pursue that? Not much. You know, I heard about it. I had an agent um, my first year told me I could do that, and I could get dual citizenship because of the law of return, the Jewish law of return in Israel, and with the um, long line of um, Jewish relatives on my mom's side, it was pretty much just kind of showing a few documents here and there, and it was, it was a bit of a process. My mom really helped me through it, but uh, after that, it was pretty easy getting there and setting it all up. Uh, so it's it, it's something I never thought was possible playing in college. I knew I wanted to play overseas, and I, I didn't even know it was a thing until my agent talked to me about it and knew my lineage and, and all that and put the pieces together. So it's been uh, quite interesting, to say the least. So how's the overseas, uh, I guess, experience going? Because, you know, other, everyone kind of has different experiences. Some people, it's nothing but rainbows and sunshine. Other people have difficulties, you know, getting paid or what have you. So how's it been for you overall? Has it, has it been enjoyable? Yeah, it has. Israel's pretty solid league um, financially. There, there's no real issues there at all from what I experienced. I mean, certain guys have issues some years, and there's been a couple clubs that sometimes have money issues, but really, for the most part, there, there's not 
too many of those issues. You hear a lot of times with guys that are going to these big money clubs um, in Russia or Turkey, and you know some of these clubs don't want to honor those big time contracts. Israel's a little below that uh, budget wise, so it's not as difficult for them to keep up with the budget and pay guys. Um, and you know, other than that, getting adjusted to the whole management experience and just dealing with money and clubs, you know, they, they do like to hang it over your head. So that's been a learning experience. And every year you experience something new, but Israel has been pretty solid. And a lot of Americans like to go there. Um, they, they always kind of go and, and come back. You see a lot of guys return to leave, go to other European countries and then come back because they've had such a good experience there. All right, nice. Well, we'll keep the uh, topic briefly on, on professional basketball, but we'll kind of bridge uh, the topic to Michigan basketball as it uh, pertains to John Beeline, because uh, recently yeah. the rumors were swirling that he would maybe take the Pistons job. He interviewed with them. What were your thoughts as, as this all was going on with your former head coach? Did you believe that there was a legit shot that he would leave for the Detroit Pistons job? You know, I didn't think so at first. Um, the more I saw, the more I read and, and heard some of his quotes, uh, it became a little more evident that he was more serious than I initially thought, but you know, he's a really competitive guy, and he's always been a head coach, and he believes in himself. Um, I'm not sure how much he would want to deal with NBA players. As, as a college coach, that transition is difficult, and we've seen it many times over the years. It's just a different kind of basketball, different kind of management, and you can't, you can't micromanage as much. You can't control your players as much as in college. And he, one of the staples, I think, of his program is discipline. And always making the right play. You see the teams are always uh, tops in, in turnovers each year and taking care of the ball and the discipline they have on offense. And, you know, I think with this offensive sets, they can translate, but there's a lot of different aspects that go into managing college players compared to NBA players. So I found it interesting. I was, I was hoping he would stay at Michigan. I think they're setting themselves up, setting themselves up uh, for great success in the future with these classes and, what he's been able to build recently and the success they've had since I've left. Uh, so I was hoping he would stay, and luckily that happened. Yeah, and I'll take it back now to earlier in his career at Michigan and when you were there as a player. So this is before the Final Fours and before you know the, the real consistent wave of success that we've seen with John Beeline. I'm taking it back yeah. to your junior year. We talked about it against Michigan State. You hit a shot against the Spartans to uh, beat Michigan State at Breslin. And at that point... In the season, you were 11-9, and 1-6 and six in the Big Ten. You were coming off a disappointing season uh, your sophomore year. So how much, you know, do you ever look back and think that, you know, maybe Michigan basketball history goes a different path if you don't hit that shot and Michigan doesn't win that game and then turn around your season from there on out? Yeah, even – I never really thought about it in the moment. And later on, even a year or two after um, – the year after I left and they made it to the championship game, people started talking about that about how Beyond could have been in the hot seat that year and how things would turn around really quickly. And I thought that was really odd because in the moment, you know, I didn't think, you know, we were having success that year and things really had to turn around quick for us. But it was very odd to hear that there was a lot of pressure on him for the job. Um, I thought he was doing just about everything he could. And, you know, a lot of times you are judged in college basketball on single game results and you see that all the time uh, especially this past year when Jordan Poole hit that shot and now Michigan is making this run in the tournament and now 
Beeline's getting praised like he should, but if he doesn't hit that shot, I still think Beeline's done a fantastic job during the season. But um, one game can can make or break here and there, how people look at you. And it's unfortunate sometimes in college basketball, but it happens. Uh, so luckily that shot went in. I don't like, I don't like to think if Beeline isn't there. Uh, I still think you need a lot of time to build your program in college. Um, and even if we had disappointing year that junior year and stuff doesn't turn around like we like it did I still think he should have stayed and, and kept building because you see what he can do when he has time so um, it's really tough to watch that sometimes in college basketball yes yeah, so you hit that shot you win that game uh, in the aftermath of that win did you see you know that resurgence coming were you, were you I mean not satisfied but were you know were you celebrating like it was a big win or were you still guys you guys still kind of in the hole a little bit because Still, yeah. at that point, you're 12 and nine, two and six. It's not like it's it's all uh, it's all rosy at that point. Yeah, no, we had a real serious conversation, team meeting before that game. I can't remember exactly when it was, but we had a lot of issues internally with guys and not totally buying in and not taking responsibility. We we're pointing pointing too many fingers at each other for all the mistakes, and we lost a game. I think it was at home against Minnesota that we should have won. And we really had to take a long look at ourselves. And I think even if we lose that game Michigan State, we were playing the right way during that game. The attitudes were different in practice and in film and during games. So I'm not sure that was totally make or break. Um, but that's kind of the, that'd be my biased opinion. You know, I, it's, you never know what would have happened after that, but we, we really came together before then. Um, so I think we would have done okay. All right, now I'm going to ask you to kind of reflect on your career at Michigan as a whole. If you can kind of describe the, the arc of your career, because you went from you guys snapping that tournament drought your freshman year, breaking yeah. that 10-season drought, but then there were ups and downs from there. So as you kind of look back as uh, zoomed out from 30,000 feet, how do you kind of describe your career as a whole there? Personally or kind of just as the teams? Uh, if you've got to weave it in, um, but yeah, definitely okay. definitely get into your, yeah. uh, your personal achievements as well. Yeah, you know, that freshman year, we had a lot of success. We made the tournament when, when people were not expecting it. And then sophomore year, there was a lot of expectations with a lot more talent. And just one of the worst basketball seasons I've been a part of. And it made you realize how much you have to stick together and play together. And talent isn't always the end-all, be-all for your success. So those juniors, junior and senior years um, really kind of – that sophomore year really opened my eyes and, and I carried that over into the junior senior year um, personally and I just tried to do whatever I could um, I was never going to be the, the first second even third option on offense and I knew I had to bring other parts to the team that you know most guys didn't want to do and you know to be honest with you I didn't really want to do it either I didn't picture uh, my college career going as a role player but that's just what happens and you know if you want to be on the court if I wanted to be on the court for beyond and win, I knew I had to do those things and sacrifice certain parts of, uh, I guess, my offensive dreams that I had. Um, but, you know, it turned out okay in the end. Yeah, so can you expand on that a little bit? What are some of the things that, you know, you, you didn't really commit to Michigan to do, ended up having to do to stay on the court and, and have success with your team? Yeah, you know, Watching those West Virginia teams that Beeline had and seeing the ball movement and the screens that, that everybody got um, and what looked like you know a lot of freedom of play, it kind of changed when I got to Michigan, especially with D 
Darius, uh, you know, when we had Manny, Manny was like the, the focal point. Manny Harris was the focal point of our offense. And the game started evolving to more ball screen offenses. And, you know, we were kind of playing that college style where you kind of run the shot clock down and we get to the ball screens at the end and basically they're not going to help off me, Zach, in the corner. So it was kind of a two-man game between the point guard and the big man. And, you know, it was frustrating at times because they're not helping off of you at all. So you're not getting too many looks. Um, and, you know, we're, we're having success, so you're going to be repeating that, those offenses, those sets over and over again, because why wouldn't you? I mean, Darius was amazing our junior year, and then Trey my senior year, and, you know, Manny was amazing as well. So some of those differences that you you saw, you, you, you saw yourself projected into the offense going into college and then not quite having it that way was difficult uh, at times. But, you know, when you're winning, it's hard to complain. So after that year you guys struggled as a team, you bounced back your junior and senior years, made the tournament, won the Big Ten your senior year. So that was the time period when the young guys like Hardaway and Burke were starting to come into the program. When did you know, or did you know at all, that that roster would, would end up being a Final Four caliber one down the road? No, because you just can never project how freshmen are going to play. And Dion was incredible in the way he integrated them and let them – shine all those guys uh let their talent shine because he knew that he had more talent you know when zach and i left and they were filled with um nba talent uh guys nba level guys that he had to kind of open it up a little more and it was awesome to watch it was awesome to watch him he was more relaxed on the sideline than usual and he knew what he had and um you know kept the the same discipline on offense, but you know, let them work, and it was just—I mean, it was perfect. So yeah, you were one year removed from that Final Four. You were, you were one year out the door. Do you ever look back and just wish you were like, man, I, I wish I had uh, redshirted or had one more year to, to be a part of that? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, about years, like at least for three years after that. Uh, I'd say I went to Michigan. I said, oh, did you play in the Final Four team? It's like, no, no. If I left the year before, uh, didn't quite get that. That's probably the reason why they went. But, uh, yeah, it would have been, been fun to experience that. But, you know, I have no regrets. Um, you know, I wish we would have had some more tournament success. Um, but we had, some, we had some fun tournament moments. But, man, just never making it to the Sweet 16, uh, that always probably weigh on my mind. All right, so whenever I talk to Michigan guys, especially B-line guys, it seems like they always have funny stories from either with their teammates or about Coach B. Do you have any stories that jump out to you, you know, that you that – you always tell um, when someone asks you about that time period, is there anything that stands out to you? Oh, man, there's so many. Uh, you know, I have a, a well of them, but it, it's it's hard to recall all of them. But I always remember the first workout that I ever had um, in the summer, and I'm expecting, you know, type of kind of just individual play, some skill development, you know, nothing too intense. And in the first drill we're doing, he's calling me soft and telling me I need to pick it up. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, why, why is he yelling at me right now? We're not even starting official practice. And I was, uh, you know, he wanted to make sure that we were, we understood what it was going to be like uh, for our entire career there and, and what it was going to be like playing for him. And I'm like, this is not the same guy I talked to during recruiting, but <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that one of those stories um, 
the, the first year there's plenty of those types of stories. I'm pretty sure uh, you're not short on overseas stories as well, stories about overseas ball. Because whenever I talk to players who play professionally over there, there's always like something crazy that happens, usually on the regular. So is there anything that stands out to you from your pro career that, that is something you you know, always like to share and, and get a rise out of people? Yeah, there was uh, a couple. I mean, this year we we actually went on strike as Israeli players, so that was a new thing I really didn't even know was completely possible. Uh, we, we went on strike for some rule changes that we wanted, and we were battling with the league, and the league was almost canceled at the end of the year. So that was quite the experience. But there's one um, that I always remember we were playing. I think it was in Macedonia. And we were playing a game, and we're in, like, basically freezing cold temperatures. You can see your breath in the middle of the gym. Uh, we have no bathroom in our locker room. Uh, we're starting to play this game, and some guy collapses up in the stands. And there's, like, this very hush murmur going. The crowd has stopped being excited for the game. They're just kind of paying attention to this. And then after a while, they start to get riled up because there's no – assistance, medical assistance to this guy. And so now they're starting to scream at the refs and the ref stops the game and they're scrambling to get this guy help. And then eventually the refs decide to restart the game and there's still no medical assistance. And then the fans go just absolutely nuts. They start throwing stuff on the court. One guy runs out into the middle of the court and it takes about three or four seconds for the refs to see him. And we've all stopped as players. And, uh, and they finally get a, a um, stretcher out there. But in this break, the fans have had it, and apparently this makes them anti-Semitic. So they start yelling Auschwitz at us, and we're an Israeli team with Jews on the team, and they start chanting Auschwitz at us, and we kind of look at each other we're like, okay, let's get this game over with and, and get out of here and just go home. I don't even care if we win anymore. Uh, and so that was one of the most surreal experiences playing in Europe, that's for sure. Jeez, that's, that's awful. And you know, you always hear about st- fan behavior over there that you'd never – imagine happening in the United States you know it's not like with the World Cup it always comes up that fans are ugly and racist but that's that's a crazy experience and you know I'm sure that's kind of that's some of the stuff that you will want to uh that you probably won't miss once you retire from from overseas hoops I don't know how much gas you have left in the tank but do you know what you might be uh interested in once you once you hang up the shoes and, and retire from pro hoops yeah you know I've been interested in in sports radio and um and talking about sports and the discussion around sports, it's, it's always interests me. And Twitter has given me a great outlet for that and made, you know, some connections here and there. So I'm not exactly sure exactly what I want to do. You know, you never know when something's going to pop up. But, uh, you know, that sort of thing has always been in the back of my mind. Um, and I'm definitely very opinionated. I'm not, I don't always like to be the, the hot take guy, but, uh, it's always it's always been interest an interest of mine. How many uh, years or seasons do you think you got left? I mean, you're you're not that old. You you graduated yeah. what, five six years ago. That's I'm sure you got yeah you plenty if you want it, right? Right. Yeah, I'm 28 now, and you know, I played with a guy a couple years ago who was 40. Uh, if you can keep your body up and, and get paid the right amount of money, um, you know, I could foresee myself playing maybe 10 years, 10 more years. Uh, that would probably be the the upper end of it, but it's a possibility and you know now more than ever you know my basketball dreams are still alive and I've never been more interested in accomplishing my dreams so until that kind of dies off that passion dies off or my body gives out 
one or the other, I, you know, I, I think I'll just keep playing until until something happens like that. All right, before we wrap up, Stu, uh, one last question for you. Just an overall, I guess, viewpoint on the future of Michigan basketball. I'm interested to, to, to hear now that Beeline's back, and, and you kind of mentioned how you think that they might be able to you know, keep this elite run of, of hoops going now with bracketed by the fi- two Final Fours in five years. What do you think the future holds for the Wolverines and, and uh, Coach Beeline? I think the future is super bright, and... You know, no matter the talent level he has, you see the level that he can take them to um, as long as they buy in. And he gets the right guys that he wants, and they seem to buy in every year. And again, sometimes you need those Jordan Poole threes, those make-or-break moments. But uh, he's always going to put them in position. And the more talent he gets that he's going to have in the future, I think it's his upcoming class, is, is very talented. Uh, you know, I don't see why they can't make it to uh, multiple Final Fours before his run ends. But um, you know, college basketball is crazy, and you can't predict that stuff. So I don't want to put too much pressure and make those kind of predictions. Um, but I don't see why that's not a possibility. All right. Well, agreed, Stu, and uh, I appreciate you jumping on. We'll definitely be watching yep. uh, going forward here in the, in the basketball tournament with that uh, cool two million dollar prize waiting for you and, and the Big Ten players on your squad. should be fun to watch. And uh, best of luck in that. Best of luck in your overseas career as well. And thanks for coming on today. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks once again to Stu and Jay Sean for joining me. A lot of fun talking to those guys. And I think it's the first time we've had a Ohio State Buckeye and Michigan Wolverine on the same episode of the same podcast. So, you know, they weren't on it together, but we all know that they can coexist, get along. It's not that serious, guys. It's just a rivalry, and uh, they will coexist on the court here soon on the Big Ten squad and the basketball tournament. So best of luck to them in their careers and coming up here on the court. Thanks, as always, to everyone for tuning in, for listening, whether it's your first episode or if you've listened all along. Really appreciate it. Thanks, as always, to Wes White for producing the show. Uh, congratulations to him as well because his wife is expecting their first child any day now and I don't know if he'll listen to this and if he does if he'll be mad at me at not or not for uh, putting that out there but I want to give a shout out to him because he is always dependable always relying on to put these shows together and I appreciate him for that so we will come back at you next week with another episode of the Take 10 podcast keep it rolling through the summer as much as we can Thanks as always, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Take 10 Podcast.